Listening Dog Media. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. The Rugby Podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. Hello, welcome to Rocket. This week we're going to be talking to some of the UK's biggest sports stars regarding their own mental health battles. It is Mental Health Awareness Week. I think it's very important that everyone talks, which is exactly what this podcast is about. Today, I'm going to be joined by none other than Neil Razor Ruddock, former Spurs, Liverpool and England defender and hard man, discussing his own struggles with mental health during Mental Health Awareness Week. Razor Ruddock, pleasure to talk to you. Spurs, Liverpool, England legend, defender, hard man of football. Um, but we're here, obviously, to discuss... Is there such a thing as an hard man of football? <laughs> well, back when you played, I'll give you your due respect. Back when you played, yes, probably less so now. <laughs> but look, thank you very much for coming on and being, you know, we'll, we'll get into discussion about your own mental health battles and how you're coping and, and any advice and what have you. Mate, how's the last year been for you anyway? How's the last year sort of, you know, with COVID and, you know, how's that impacted you? Have you had a good year? Have you had an indifferent year? Has it been a struggle? Well, to be fair, it's, it's before I, I was I was filming a, a TV show called Harry Zero, Harry Redknapp. Got a load of old footballers. We we saw we had one last game, then it went well. So we had another last game, second series, and then I'm gonna get check. I kept getting dizzy spells, and you know, I was, I, I was, if I was walking upstairs or something, you know, I'm, I'm getting head dizzy. Yeah. So I I thought you know oh no it's you know because there's a lot of heading you know with footballers heading balls and. Yeah, that situation going on at the moment. So I thought, oh no, so I want to get checked out. It was my heart, and uh, my heart was beating at one thirty at rest when I was resting, sitting down, beating one thirty, which should be like seventy odd. So, you know, I had a big problem to stop my heart and zap it and restart it. And then I ended up having a pacemaker fitted. Um, so that was sort of the, just before the, the COVID, the lockdown came in. So it was a blessing disguise COVID because. I've been sat on my backside for a year recovering. So, you know, it's it was a good thing for me. The temptations of going out and going down, the, you know, missing out the lads are going out or whatever. And obviously, I love me golf. So I wasn't allowed to play golf for like six months. But I'm sure I'd been tempted and, and gone out and played, you know. So COVID sort of uh, come at the right time. Well, as you say, a blessing in disguise. Yeah, probably not too bad for you. What are you, what are you doing currently, mate? Well, I do, I'm built, you know, I do, lot, I do a lot of after-dinner speaking, which, you know, entertainment business, uh, you know, it's ruined. There's no inside entertainment. So, you know, that's that's put away. So, but, you know, little videos and things. But uh, lucky enough, you know, we always, uh, we, we'd saved up. We'd been going to Disney summer. So we paid for that. We had a lot of savings over and, you know, that was cancelled. We got our money back and we had to, so we was, we got money, you know what I mean? So it was like, it was, it's another blessing in disguise. We couldn't go to Disney. Yeah. So there was money there, so we've been surviving that way, really. All right. Well, good, good, good. I'm glad I'm glad it hasn't been too hard, mate. And and how is how is the heart? How is the health at the moment? But I, I didn't know, you know, when we were big, when when my heart was raised to 130, I, I just thought that's how I felt. I don't know how long it it'd been yeah. like that. You know, I just thought that's how you felt. But, oh yeah, I feel a lot better. I sleep sleep a lot better now. You know, don't get out of breath, and you know, I can walk a lot more and run up and downstairs now. So yeah, it's just kicked in. It's worked. No, that's good. That's good news. Regards um, mental health. You've spoken in the past about actually 
you know, the struggles when you were playing. Do you reckon you can now, you've had a bit of time to think, you reckon you can sort of pinpoint when it started and how it might have started? I, I, I think it pinpointed me early when I was, I was dropped for the FA Cup final. Was that 91, was it? No, I think 94, 95, 90, I can't remember. Liverpool, Man United. You know, I'd, always, I'd always been a drinker. But then, uh, you know, to drop for the FA Cup final, I'd played sort of last eight games this season. I played quarterfinal, played semi-final. And it was a Friday night before the game. It was my birthday. And the manager said, I weren't playing. That was the only uh, live game you saw on telly. Yeah. It was the yeah. FA Cup final once a year. And as a kid, that, that was the biggest competition to play. And that was the biggest game you'd ever play. And then finally get there and got dropped. And, you know, so I got, got on the drink straight before the game. I just got on the drink and it just took, took, the, took the pain away. You know, it was the first time that... Mm. I think that's the most upset I've been in sport. But uh, to deal with it, I drunk and drunk and drunk, and that took the pain away. You know, so I think looking back, it's hard to remember. I think that that is a big thing in my life. You know, to get to miss to miss out the FA Cup fun, and, and that took the pain away. Drinking, and then when you drink, you drink too much. That, that affects your relationships at home. You know, you don't think you're doing anything wrong. It affects your fitness, which affects you mentally. You're not going to get picked, and you pick up more injuries. Uh, you know, the, the less fit you are. So it was, just, it was just from that, it spiralled into it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Then I was quite unfit. So I was upset. I weren't playing. So what I do, I drink again. And so, I mean, it's, it was, and, it, and it's, you know, you secret drinking league. You weren't, you weren't drinking with, with people that could that could get back to the manager or, or the group of players yeah. or, or Liverpool. So you, you, was, you were sort of going out and kidnapping people and, and making them drink. Yeah, so I had the money to, you know, kidnap, come with me. You won't have to buy a drink all day, and all of a sudden you've got loads of friends. So. Yeah, and and the thing is, they're, they're not the sort of friends you need in those situations. No. They're all sort of yes men. They agree with you to tell you what you want to hear, and you yeah. know they're not the strong influences that trying to get you back on the straight and narrow as well. So as you say, it's a spiral effect, isn't it? I'd wake up the next day, I wouldn't even know who they were, or their names were, or anything. You know, they, for me, they were just someone to to be there and pardon me when I was drinking. And then back in you, you'll understand back in back in the day. If you rolled your hand up and said you had a problem, you, you was weak. You know what I mean? You got to grow a pair and man up. You had no help. And you and, and you and you wouldn't ask for help or you wouldn't say you had a problem because you know you'd you'd be partly out of the group. You'd be like, oh, he's, a, he's weak, he ain't he ain't strong willed, he ain't got a strong mind, he ain't got a good head on his shoulders. So you wouldn't ask for help. Yeah, it's uh look, I mean that's the whole point of this discussion and also bringing this awareness again during this week is in rugby. Um, you know, that there's been a big push and, you know, people are opening up a lot more now and yeah. they say exactly the same, Razor. And obviously, you know, back back in the 90s when you were playing, there was no one that opened up about this. And no. given the nature of how you played, you know, you're a hard man defender, that tough exterior, you're probably a bit concerned as well. Not only what your teammates would, would think of you, but uh, what the opposition would, whether that sort of... Oh, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not the opposition, the opposition fans as well. Once, yeah. like, you know, weakness, they find out about your weakness, you know, they're on you. And it's an hard place to, it's hard thing to do. You, know, you go to Manchester United or I go to Everton or Arsenal or Chelsea, you've got 50,000 fans slaughtering you where you're playing. You know, it's it's hard enough game as it is. You don't you don't need that. And, that, and that's you're aware of, you know, you, you're aware of, you know, and then it does, it does affect you. You know, it puts you off your game. And then what you do, you get the up, you go start have a drink again. You know, you look back now, 
Um, obviously, at the time, you, you didn't reach out to anyone, or it sounds like you didn't. Was there anyone that you think you could have reached out to at the time, or not at all? They just didn't have that support network in place? No, not a football club at all. There was no one. You know, it was old school run by, you know, tradition. And I think, you know, the Wenger, when he come, he sort of changed the way football was, you know, footballers lived their lives. And, you know, I mean, at Liverpool in 1993, we didn't even have a physio. We didn't have a physiotherapist at Liverpool in 1993. It was Ronnie Moran, bless him, God bless him. He was up, he'd been there as a coach. He, he was a physio. He used to ice him. Well, if you're not fit, you're not going to play. Yeah. You know, so that, that was the mentality. When we did, we got, well, I was there a year until we got a physio, a proper physio. You know, if you was injured, the your doctor, doctor used to come in every Thursday to see if the injured players. But if you got injured Friday, you, that was the end of it. You know, there's no see. They're not prepared to look after your bodies and your, you know, physical well-being. There's no chance of them looking after your minds, is there? That's what I was saying. You know, your brain, your brain's injured. Mental health, your brain is injured. You can miss a game with an injured leg, but if you've got an injured brain, you're, you're a yeah. No, it's, absolutely it's a right. You do your brain's injured when mental health's got injured brain. You know, you expected to play on, get, keep going with that. But if you had an injured leg, you, you know, that's all right. Yeah. So since you've opened up about this and discussed it and you spoke you know we, we, we know what the dressing rooms are like back then I think even people who weren't involved in football or rugby or any sort of team sport understand you know what life was but society was like back then it was a man up society you know if you're a yeah. bloke you know young man is how many other teammates um, or players you played against from that era have actually opened up and said you know what Razor I felt exactly the same and I wish there was someone to talk to or I wish they had facilities in place whatever it might be I mean how many if any have, have actually come forth up, up to about a year ago none yeah after the last year 90% of them I suppose when I went with, you know I haven't seen for a long time when you see them they say I wish you know you see the players now and you know the, the fitness and the, you know the, the whole the whole sort of the whole thing is not about mental health every mental health the training grounds the fitness maybe you know better, better people around you would have made you a better player yeah. Would have would have helped you. I think it's not only. Uh, not um, who do you speak to? We got a problem. And the psychiatrist, psychiatrist, counselor, yeah. something like that. Not only them, but I think the whole package. If you had the whole package, would you have made you different? You know, would would have been a better person. Would it would have helped your mental, your mental state? So I think that that's the that's what most players say now. You know, because it was there. I mean, you'd, you'd use it, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. councils, if they were there, we, we, we would have used them. I think that's the message up to a year ago. It's still this campaign to be doing what you're doing, you know, it's brilliant what you're doing to get the word out there. People are now not afraid to say, I'll tell you what, I have problems. I wish yeah. I had a council. So you think so you think 90, 90% of your close friends from football or 90% of the teammates you played with? 90% of teammates I played with. Six, wow. you know, about a year ago. But I mean, you know, it makes you not even di dietitians and that, that, that that's got around you, you that's got around your mental health as well because you feel good, you look good. You know, all of a sudden you, you think you're doing yeah. the right things. That that's got to be a big help. So I think it's a whole package, it's not just counselors and people to talk to. You know, it's the way they it's, it's all joined up. It's I mean, I mean, up, when, I, I, I suppose the same in your game. We we always looked up to the older players. What the older players done, we done. The older players say, right, we're out going to get pissed Tuesday. Yeah. You got to go out and get pissed Tuesday. 
you know what I'm saying? The players now, their older players are, are the ones that don't go out drinking now. It's all caught up yeah. with themselves, you know? So, you know, and eventually you didn't want to go out, but you had to because the older players told you. Either they didn't yeah. get trouble at home and they got problems at home. It all snowballs again, so. So you, you'd put, in your case, drink was the driving force behind it. You yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. just couldn't. Well, that, that number, everything made me happy. It made me, if we won, if we won, you know, drink, we really celebrate. If we lost, oh, I've got to go get drunk, get out of this, sit, you know, get out of my mood. I mean, and was there much midweek boozing as well? Yeah, there was. Yeah, we had, if we had, no, we, you know, if there was no games, obviously, if there was no games, then we'd go out choosing. But the club, the club wanted you to go out, you know, Tuesdays. They, they want you to go out and get out of your system. They knew where you were. They know you're having a drink Tuesday. So, you, you know, you didn't slip out. Two of you going out Wednesday or a couple going out Thursday. You got it out of your system. Their mentality was, have your drink, get out of your system. We've got a game Saturday. What year did you retire, Razor? 204. 204. So you retired, and this is this is another thing that affects, you know, sportsmen. They lose the identity. They lose the sort of adulation, the feeling of being wanted and... You know, we obviously know there's a lot of lows with sport you've discussed, you know, being dropped for the FA Cup final as a trigger, but that you also live for the highs, don't you? How did, you know, how did your mental health go from, obviously, the struggles of, you know, 10 years already from the FA Cup final to now retiring and trying to redefine yourself as Razor Rudd at the former professional footballer? Yeah, it went crazy. It spiralled out of control, just... I turned into an you know, 18 year old, turned into a teenager. So, since I was like 15, I've been everyone telling me what to do. I had to be there at a certain time, I had to wear that tracksuit or that suit. Yeah. You can't do this, you can't do that. And all suddenly, 35th birthday, that was, I was released. And I thought, oh, you know, and I got addicted to golf, started playing golf every day, and then that got boring. You know, then to just get it back, I just started drinking, 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 and trying to get that buzz, you know. It's, it's the greatest buzz, you know, coming off a football field, a rugby pitch, you know, a tennis, wherever you, whatever sport, you cricket, and you, you won a massive match and you played well. I mean, that buzz is the greatest feeling in the world. And yeah. all of a sudden it stops. How do you get that buzz? Go and get drunk and enjoy something. Well, that's how I dealt with it. No one's but it's not the same. It's nowhere near the same. No, it's nowhere near the same. You know, you you wake up next day and think, oh, well, that's it. I'm never doing that again. And then, then you do it and do it and do it. And then you lose everything, you know. And I ended up, I ended up in, in rehab. Um, but uh, uh, down in Tony Adams, I can't I remember what it was done now. But a PFA run uh, rehab. It's surprised how many, how many different sportsmen were in there, you know. Yeah. But no one knew because no one spoke up. I had people from TV in there, people of Sky, you know. Footballers, rugby, cricket players just coming through. I was, you know, amazed because I, I thought I was the, I thought I was the, I thought I was the only one. Did that help? Yeah, I'll bloody hell, did it help? Yeah, because I thought I was the only one. I thought, I oh, know, I'm going crazy. I'm, yeah. I can't help myself. I can't stop it. And all of a sudden, I'm surrounded by people doing it even worse than me. You know, and that that was a big, oh, big like weight off your shoulder. Oh, I'm quite normal, really. Do you know what I mean? But when I was playing, I was crazy. When I was playing, I was crazy when I was playing, saying, you're mad, dude. And was it, do you reckon it was mainly because um, you had other people that were sharing the same problem? Yeah. Or yeah. was it combined with the fact that you were now openly talking about it as well? I think a bit of both. I was only getting it off my chest and I weren't too bad 
I'm, I mean, I weren't too bad. I weren't that mad. I'm quite normal. You can forgive yourself. You know, you can you beat yourself up because you're wrong. You know, I went through a stage of, you know, hating myself. But then, then you know, when, when there's other people, there, even like professional sportsmen, they've been carrying the weight around their shoulders, you know, and you, you tear, you can talk to each other, you're all crying. And, you know, that's normal. You know, yeah. and finally, you know, it, it was a big kick up the backside that, you know, mate, you ain't too bad. And that's a yeah. kick up the backside. Kick up the backside in a good way. You know, you know, you give somebody a kick up the backside and see how they respond. I'd give myself a kick out of the back, so I'm responding. I still have a little drink now, you know, but I don't need it to hide anything. I don't need it to make me happy. I don't need it if, 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 if I'm sad, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to rehab, it, it taught me, but the best, best lesson was that this is quite normal what you're doing. A lot of people have got the same situation. A lot of people have got the same problems. You're not on your own, and, and there is help out there, which is, you know, which is, as I say, was a big weight off your shoulders, a big relief to me. So when do you, so this when you went into rehab you admit to rehab was that off your own back or was that wife family friends yeah, fam, wife wife family and you know I didn't think you know I didn't think anyone could help me you know yeah they don't understand me what do they know and they bloody do <laughs> I was there and I've done 30, 30 dates 30, 30, uh, 30 days in there with the thirty AA meetings I didn't drink for a year and a half and I, I, I had a few drinks and I went back in. Year and a half later for a week. You know, was that, were you always then. meant to go back in for a week, year and a half later, or did you feel when you no, got to I felt, drinking? you know, I felt I'm gonna go crazy. I just felt, you know, I'm turning, I'm going. Yeah. And uh that was out of boredom. As I say, I weren't doing a lot. Then uh did the jungle come up and we got into TV and that that was that I've got the buzz again. I'm making great TV shows. I've, I've done the jungle, big brother, I've done it master chef. So you get a buzz. That's my buzz now. You know, yeah. and then I do after dinner speaking. I get on stage in front of 500 people, make them laugh. That's my buzz. Yeah. So I've got it back in a different way. So I don't need to go down that road of nearly killing myself, drinking. Oh, that's great. That's, well, it's great to hear that you've rediscovered it. Do you still, you know, in between all of that, um, talk to people, talk to people about it? Um, yeah, I'm a bit too up, you know. I mean, it's you know, I'm a big lump, but I'm a, I'm a cuddly big lump, you know what I mean? So, you know, I'm there to talk, but I, I don't force you now to say, don't force people to open up, they don't open up. I've you know, I didn't worry, and then I think people will find their own way eventually. You push me in the right direction, but you stand yourself if you want to open up, and you know, a lot, a lot of like it's, it's people take you try to, and people are in a bad place, right. I give them advice, they take his criticism if you're in a bad place. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. At, the, at the end of the day, I'm trying to advise you, and you're taking your criticism, you don't listen to me, but I'm only trying to help you, but it's criticism. So, you know, people are different. Yeah, look, it's 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 down to the person if they want to be helped, don't you? Um, yeah. Interesting. I mean, mate, it's, it's, it's great that you've got it under control now. Yeah. Do you ever feel yourself, oh, you know, are you conscious of when you might be slipping a little bit back into those dark times? And if you and if you do ever get to that situation, how do you do to sort of get it back to uh, you know a level playing field, as it were? Well, I just I just think you know, in family, family, kids. I think of you know, you don't think you're hurting anyone, but you know, when I was playing, you know, you, you wouldn't let your teammates down. You let so when I was playing, I'd let my family down, but wouldn't let my teammates down. You know. And now, now, my family, my teammates, so I won't yeah. let them down. 
So it's just it's just changed me family, it changed me team. That's all. That's in my head. That's what I've done. You understand? You wouldn't let your team. You'd rather let your family down than your teammates when you play because you get hammered by your teammates and let them down. So I've just changed my family, and my teammates now. So I let me mates down. I won't let me my teammates down at home. That's uh, that's as good a visual and image, isn't it? Um, yeah. What advice would you have for anyone? who's struggling and hasn't opened up. If you're drowning, you'll put your hand up and ask for help, wouldn't you? Mm. Yeah? Yeah. If you're in trouble, just put your hand up, ask for help. And 100% of people want to help you. There's a big relief in you. You take weight off the shoulder, you'll be able to breathe even. You'll wake up in the morning and hear birds whistling and all that. You think, wow, wow, <laughs> you You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the, the stuff you miss around you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're just notice things also around you. As I say, if you drown, you put your arm up, help me. If you've got a problem, just answer. Just, do you think I've got a problem? I've got a problem. Do you think, do you think this is normal? Do you think yeah. this is, you know, just start. And what about for someone who might think that their, their friend or family member might be suffering for it? What advice would you give them? And how to say, just, just go out for a nice coffee and just ask. Just set, you know, I don't, as I said earlier, I don't think you can. They're going to come straight out and sort of just say you're there. You know, what I mean, you need anything of you. You know, if you've got a problem, just tell me. It's in between us. It won't go any further. So I think you've got you've got to let people have their own sort. Some people might be able to come in out of it straight away. They got from some people it takes it could take months. So I just think if you are a person that you know you got you got to don't get frustrated with with them if they won't open up straight away. You know what I mean? Because it will just make them worse because you'll start arguing yeah. and it'll just make them yeah. worse. I just think you've got to give people space and just, you know, assure them that you're 100% behind them and you'll do the best for them when they, when they, want, to, when they want to come out of things. The 90% of, of, of former teammates, how many of them did you sort of coax into or maybe have a coffee and they opened up or did they all actually just open up to you? We had a game of golf and it was all up. Um, it was like, it was a rugby, it was in um, Guernsey. It was, it was actually was football, footballers be rugby players. So like, I've sort of ride a couple of with Andy Powell and people like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, Powell's Pal- 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 <laughs> not loose at all, is he? No, of course he ain't. But even he likes a golf buggy, man. But the rugby players, only football, we, we, we haven't, and obviously, because you know what I mean, bit of tough, you've got golfers, the footballers haven't, haven't. But we, it was around the, around the bar, having a drink outside after the golf and, that's when that's when someone came up with it. I think it was Clive Allen who came up with it. You know the problems that he, even he had problems like strikers. You know, I thought, how did he have a problem? He scored like 49, 40 goals a season. Yeah, yeah. You know, but even the rugby players. You know, if the, that's what we're saying. It's a whole package. You've had, uh, you know, the, the characters and, and the dietitians and the doctors and the, would you have been better players? Would I, and I, I said mentally, I think I'd have been a better person. And they were going, yeah, I think we would have been better people. We'd looked after ourselves better, which made your brain better, would make your body better, you feel better about it. But so it, was a, it was just a general conversation between 20 lads and everyone, you know, 90% of them were saying, yeah, you know, I wish we had the chance. And we never the same. When I had, Dave, you had a problem, oh, especially in rugby, I suppose, it would be even worse than football if you had a problem, put your hand up. So it was, it was just a, it weren't, it weren't, it weren't, you know, over a coffee, it was just a, Footballers yeah. and rugby fans, which is amazing. Everyone agreed. Yeah, there is the there is the sort of counter argument though that yes, they've got all these nutritionists now, and you know they've got a bit more psychological help. Although I'm not sure it's enough at the moment. The state of the art facilities, but uh, 
some people think that actually if you're not it's making you less and less independent as a person because once you're removed from that as a footballer and we know that one injury you know even at 20 or 19 or whatever and that's it you're done you retire at 35 you're done there's still a lot of life left is if you've been getting your ass wiped for you so to speak for so long and actually that's happening more nowadays that actually the struggles could be different but that struggle is still that struggle um, whereas in your day and certainly you know early in my career you had to do a few things for yourself you had to find things out for yourself and that that independent that creates that independence and confidence later on but it's still obviously you still have the highs and lows that you do you know the, the, the crowd still come in you know you still want to be the best you still want to play against the best test yourself against the best and when you know you let yourself down or you're not able to do that that that's where the struggle really comes in as you've opened up about you spawn i think physically especially rugby and football Physically, you're a man before your age. You're a man at 18. Rugby yeah. football, you're, you're a man at 18, yeah? But but you're mentally, you're behind it because everything's, they say, everything's done for you. Everything's done for you. You're a man, you're a warrior, but, but mentally, you're not. When you get to 35 and you retire, I didn't know how to get a doctor. I was able, so I wanted to have doctors. I'm having to go and go, you know, with local doctor and this. I, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, Toothache. Yeah. I've got, oh, where's, where's the dentist? Because everything in football... It come to you. It was on site and they organised it even like Airports, going to airports. When you just go airport, before, when do I go now? Because when you play, you straight round the back. What do you do? You know, what do I do with this ticket? You have to go and give it there. You have to put it on the bag. The bag goes through there. And then, oh, dear. Because yeah. everything, you know, mentally... You live in a bubble, you, don't you? You live in a bubble. Men, mentally, you become lazy. Mentally, you become lazy. Well, you say, when everything's done for you, I sell this stuff out. Mentally, you become lazy. No, 100%. 100%. I think there's a, there's a balance, isn't there? There's a balance there. Do yeah, you I think, mean, some, um, some people, some people it works, some people it don't, you know, but it's the people, we want to get the word out, it don't, you know, they're the ones we want to get the word out to, you know. Some people can breeze through life, can't they, with no problems at all. And yeah. There's a lot of us that, a lot of us that don't, a lot of us have problems. Yeah. I still think, um, I've spoken to, you know, a few guests um, on this and, I still think that feeling of disappointment that triggers a lot in sportsmen, we're just talking about sportsmen at the moment, not everyday people, that, that feeling of disappointment has to be learned. I, I'm just a big believer, it has to be learned at a much younger age because, as you say, at 18, yeah, you're physically, you know, rugby, football, whatever it is, you know, you're up there because physically you're developed, mentally you're not. But it's also the fact that everyone looks up to you and you're the cock of the walker at school, you know, for those many years. So you don't actually get any home truths. You don't get any disappointments in your passion, whatever it might be. We're talking about sport at the moment. And whether it's manufactured, whether it comes from your parents, whether it comes from your community, whether it comes from your school, is purposeful disappointment and not being in the team or sitting out, whatever it is, I think I think it's a learning tool to be able to cope with that when it comes along later, because you know how the progression goes, mate. You know, you get in the academy, my God, amongst your friends and family, you are the man. You're looking up to these role models, as you said. Then suddenly you become there. Then suddenly you get an international cap. Then there's only one way to go. Okay, well, there's not one way to go. You can become like an absolute legend of the game. But let's be honest, that's a tiny, tiny percentage. But there's a bigger uh, proportion of people or, or ratio that... Um, you know, you're going to get a few disappointments along the way. And how you deal with that is absolutely massive, isn't it? I think you're right. Well, like, the, way, the way I was, you know, especially when I was at 18, 19, when you, when you, when you was getting dropped, 
you know, I remember Coach Roger Cross, lovely man. You know, we really looked up and then we said, well, son, your ear, your ear being dropped. You could be one of the kids at 18 that never, never got, the, you know, never made it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm mentally, you've got to think, I'm mentally, they're, they're, they're through their life, through school, they've been insane, they've been Charlie Big Nuts, playing all of a sudden you're dropped on your, on your ass and, and you don't make it. You know what I mean? You've got to feel, how do they deal with it? Do you know what I mean? You're only getting dropped yeah. for a game. This is football. You made it. You're a professional. What about the kids that don't get? What do they do? How do they cope with it? I think there's a there's a lot of lot of ex footballers and footballers don't matter. But I think the statistics. I don't know. But it was like how many people have ended up in prison. Your academy kids, that, you know, and like ex footballers that get finished at 24. I mean, would not believe how many end up going to crime. And, because they can't get jobs. You know, you've been a footballer for 18, 19. You ain't got a trade. Yeah. No, yeah. son, you're on your ass. What are you doing? You know, so, I mean, it's, you know, we've got to look, we got to look out for people like that as well. You know, in rugby, I don't know. The rugby, is rugby the same? You go to apprenticeship. Yeah, they have academies. I mean, because of the sort of physical maturation needed in rugby, it starts a lot later than football. Um, yeah. So, you know, that sort of wave that, it, to, to be honest, I mean, it seems to me in football that it's, there's a lot of pressure from the parents, you know, oh, get, yeah, yeah, get, get, get us out of this council estate, you know, you're our ticket to the future and they're only eight yeah. years old or something like that. It's like, yeah. well, hold on a second, who's telling them, listen, you might be eight years old or whatever it is, um, but this is the percentage of people that make it. Yeah. So let's teach them proper values um, regards the journey you're going to go on regards yeah. in life. Let's make sure that they're educated properly, get another yeah. trade, whatever it might be. Yeah. So they make sure they smile when they're playing rugby. Or, or, you know, I was getting my old get oh, my boy's gonna be a player, old's he nine. Yeah. Someone want him and someone else want him. What should I do? I said, Well, where's he wanna play? Where's his where's his where's his friends playing now? Well, we yeah. want to play there, don't we? Simple. You you'll find you'll find you'll find your standards, you know, when you but I mean with rugby, if rugby got anything out when when if they drop out because rugby rugby players they used to be educated anyway, they go to a better, better schools, but I well, yeah, it. there is, there is. I mean, look, you, we're, we're trying to obviously make it a much more diverse game, but uh, you know, it's still got that sort of public school stamp on it. Of course, it yeah. has, and where it's played, and it is still quite an elitist sport. Um, you know, there are there are programs in place, you know, the academy in terms of projects outside of rugby. Even when you get into the academy, at sort of nineteen, yeah. twenty, twenty-one. I mean, having a project every day, whether it just be painting the walls of your shed, yeah. or whether it be studying for a degree or whatever it might be. I know football do that now. That's what I'm, I'm talking about. My, you know, back in my day, so I'm, I'm sure they must have like professional clubs must have that. Instead, they just don't drop a kid at eighteen, and they must have. Well, you'd hope so, because that was the that was the final question I was going to ask you is whether football's doing enough at the moment, whether it be from the mental side well, um, I think, clubs, you know what, I mean, whether it I know I know we're all having to go at football but I think that they were in the same situation as we they didn't know the problem was really there. You know, you no, no, true. Both, both sides of the story, don't you know. If we if I if I'd have held my hands up and hundred other players held there, we'd have known about this, we'd have known about it thirty years ago. So I don't think we can we can blame them. I think we're all moving in the same direction together and we, we'll finally get there. Mate, uh, Razor, thank you very, very much. No, um, nice to see you, mate. As, as always, mate, raw honesty. Um, thanks very much for sharing everything um, regards, you know, your, your, your sort of struggles with mental health. Yep. And, uh, you know, I hope, even if one person, but I'm sure there'll be many, many thousands and millions, you know, supporters of you and people that... Um, you know, follow football that will uh, take note of this. And hopefully if they 
or they know of anyone struggling um, themselves will reach out there and yeah. uh, and talk and I talk. Say, don't push, don't push people into corners. Just you know, just try to help them slowly, and they'll yeah. they'll come out. Great advice. Thanks very much, mate, and um, happy birthday for yesterday. Thank you very much, mate. Nice to see you, boss. Thank you for listening to Rocket. Stay tuned for more interviews with some of the UK's biggest sports stars regards mental health.